her freedom and happiness. A complex reading. And you hear it and you think, either we rely on some simple statements we may have heard about it, or we discover what is going on in that room. I have been most troubled in phrases that I've heard and I've summarized that reading down to a simple thing. Focusing, we're skimming over the difficult parts and focusing on some simple thing that we can have turning it into moralistic direction or a simple way that we are responding. Often we do that in business that we want to kind of tie it up and take a really clean ending and shape it into a three-point sermon that we can walk away and walk easily with it. That's the strength of the Sunday's inner confession. Sometimes the strength of the scripture is its difficulty. When we sit with the truth, when we honor the real feelings that we have as we read a story, it can be a good help to us. We want Ready to kids are not fully things. Christian Anderson, and usually the ones that we know in cartoon version are kind of sanitized. This one was called The Red Seeds, which is a story about a little girl who kind of lost her seeds too much. And she went, you know, she was too full of pride. It was very moralistic. She was too full of pride about her red seeds. So they started promising you have to kill my wife with the and make her crazy. So crazy that she went to the executioner and had him chop off her legs. And the seeds were dancing off with the spikes of her legs and he fashioned her wooden feet for her. And back when Christian Anderson was writing this, I think that was just kind of normal for a lot of the stories seem to have that. Kind of gruesome character that, that most of our children's stories and adult stories are kind of sacrificed. Which, which leads me to think that when we read a story like The Sacrifice of Isaac, right, this, this is thousands of years before the world was written in, and it's kind of beyond, beyond our. And I think we're in modern years kind of difficult to kind of grab hold of that. But maybe it was standard thing as we go into that. I find myself coming to a, a story like this in Professor Isaac with, with a, a foundational assumption, which is that um, I trust God. I trust the message of God. More than I trust my ability to really understand a story like this. Uh, we, we, are, we are in layers of history between us, and the people who, who wrote this story 
very different ideas about who God is and what is shaped by the stories of how the gods were talked about in the culture. There were gods for harvest and gods for this and gods for that. I wonder if even this story was kind of retold in such a way to contrast it with a story about other gods. Perhaps there was a story about other gods who was even more gruesome than this story. He tells me with a kiss at the end. But we don't have access to that other story, and so we're, we're left with this story. So we have this kind of modernist side of things. We, we have this historical side of things. And we're tempted to, to read it straight and just say, you know, this is a story about God's provision. This is a story about God trusting Abraham. We can, we can read it in a simple way. With our, our kind of modern assumptions, but we didn't see what the details. And it reads basically like God is testing you with how to do this task. And if you have to go to this place and do this thing, and that was how God knew that Abraham really loved him. How does that happen? Abraham came to know God as the provider. With that kind of generalized reading of the story, we can come to a pretty easy place. And if we kind of read some of the details, it's a very pretty good story. The trouble is when we read the details, we remember that it's not a general thing. Here is a man, here is a God who said, Take your son and go and sacrifice him. Here is a father who said, Okay, <laughs> I will take my son, warm this cup at the mountain, and the son will carry the wood for fire, and I will lay the wood out, and I will lay my son on him, on the wood, and I will take my knife from his feet, and I will be fully prepared to step my son sacrifice him to this one that I have been when we read it with those details, every parent loses their heart and all the things about child sacrifice and child abuse and child everything come up and just think, what do we do with this? Do we need to throw this story out? Do we need to say that this is a different God that is actually a fully different God? Um, what, what do we say about this? Child sacrifice was a normal thing in a direct, divine way in that time. There was one God, I think it was Mithras, who, you know, children were sacrificed to him and passed through the fire. And this was a common practice of sort of feeding this God in and living heard a very sharp um, critique of the Bidlaws in America in the States, saying that we are practicing the same kind of child sacrifice 
choosing to serve the good, choosing to allow us to feel the opportunity, with no response, we can kind of talk about the world. We think about open stories in Canada, a presidential school for children being sacrificed to the environmental project, even the theological project that we would make for the Christians, and yet we sacrifice their life and their history, their language, their culture, Still see kind of we have a few It's a lot of social response. These kids don't know whether they are children, so we will take their children and put them in foster homes. And that is good and necessary for some context, we know that it happens to us to be simply so there's still this and sacrifice children for the sake of something else So these are old issues and very new issues. And the story of the sacrifice of Isaac brings all those things with us. And some of them we just want to the difficulty of what the story is. So here we are on a Sunday reading a story like this. And um, what do we do with this? The other readings that we heard today are a bit more self explanatory. The sacrifice of Isaac is a difficult one. And I want to say, listen to at the end of the story. Because if we stop here, it's just trivial. And there, there is nothing that we can kind of bring to the table. And yet I feel like it's very important for us to acknowledge how we come to this room. I love earlier in the year, in the last preaching, we began this whole sermon saying, these are difficult readings, these are scary readings. And I really appreciated that because some readings are scary readings. Literally, but I think there is a way that we can approach the scriptures, knowing their historical context, knowing that we might not actually be able to come to a place of telling this up with an exclusion. We might never come to a place where we have a clear sense of this is what this passage means, this is what it is calling for me to do in my life. And yet, there is a gift. Knowing that this is an important story in the Christian tradition, the writing has been associated with Jesus' own sacrifice of stepping into the breach and saying this when everything was going wrong. This is an important story, of course, primarily and firstly for the Jewish tradition. That's a central story. It's also an important reading for the messengers. One of my colleagues, Nick Russell, actually organized a common celebration around this year where we got together the whole message representation. I don't know exactly what that means. This is actually a meeting place of different things. We share this thing together. And somehow, in the story's complexity, 
there's room for this community or this discomfort. So I read this week, don't actually, in my heart of hearts, want to be the only one speaking about it. I was a preacher on Sunday morning, presenting a sermon about it's kind of difficult to do. Actually, drives me to say what I really want is to gather a group of people who are serious in approaching the scriptures and each share what each region does for us. It's a kind of region that actually forces us to be community. And that's a beautiful thing in itself. The complexity, the difficulty forces us to sit down with people and say, what do you think of this? How might you go through this? The lovely thing that being a story of complexity, it remains a story that feeds people. It remains a story that bears fruit for people. I think the one person who said, you know, what I see in this story is the, the faithfulness and trust of Abraham. That we think of where he began, leaving his country, and all the stories that he went through with this God that he did not know. He called him out, and he called him in the way. He created him as a, as a father of the nation, as, um, as the bearer of the covenant with God. And though we struggle with the details, here is the moment that he is a level of trust with that to do it. Person this, this passage actually became a key passage for me around preaching. Not actually from the word, but from kind of an icon of this story. There's a, there's a picture I've never been able to find the exact one that I found. I think it was Steve Glass in the moment where Isaac. Are there and the mouth is ready. And then there is an angel. And, and of course, two dimensional. And the, the angel's arms is one hand that is like a stop, and the other hand is, is pointing to the right. And it's kind of beautiful, two dimensional kind of thing. And, and that angel became my entire image of the preaching is that the messenger. Kind of a two-dimensional stick figure um, who is who is merely saying, "Pause and listen." He's merely saying, "Here is the goodness of God. Here is the abundance of God." And simple point, not an arguing, not a proof testing, not a proving beyond all doubt because God's given that. But simple point saying, "Look here." Me for years as, as means of how we share the word of God, as how we, we share the gospel. I suspect if we were able to listen to everyone who has heard this reading this morning, uh, we might even go after this and search Creek, other online services, and, and hear what other preachers have said about this. And you might find. Maybe this sermon gave you nothing, but there's another one that, you know, what, 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 what,
that's really inspired your friends here. Or you might have a conversation in your home that lets you hear it in that story. Go back and read it. Uh, sit with it. Uh, read it contemplatively, not, not assuming you know what it's about. Letting some words be a mystery. Some words be unknown. Let your children read it. Yes. Yeah. 